Last pick on my team, someone who has a lot of fun, always around in the good moments, has a lot of sex, got to respect him for it. Uh, I'm going to take Podrick. Yeah, that, that guy's got, got something special, hasn't he? Uh-huh. For he's, the ladies. He's what we all strive to be, and <laughs> I, um, I respect that, and, and so I need him on my team. Um, <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Back to Football podcast. It's Thursday the 16th of May. Uh, I'm Dan Brown and I'm not joined by my usual co-host John Miller. He is on holiday. Uh, John, enjoy your holiday and we've got some fantastic co-hosts, plural, uh, to replace you. Um, Not actually on the show at the same time this week, but uh, they are fantastic hosts nonetheless. Uh, The first of those said co-hosts is Tom Nuttall jones hello tom welcome to the show hi dan thanks for having me on uh tom we used to live together um that's right that's how we became acquaintances um through was it flatshare.com or spare room spare whatever. room yeah spare room Th- those were the days um and we lived in a, a all boys house um it was a bit of a lad pad the sunny hills of uh west putney shout out to the Huntingfield road crew uh never forgotten um always in our hearts uh so welcome to the show today uh, as i mentioned it is the back to football podcast that's the number one podcast for people who probably should talk about something other than football now tom what's been your relationship with football in your life has it been a subject that you uh that comes easily to you yeah really a lifelong passion um, from the days of going to Anfield uh, as a Liverpool fan grew up on Merseyside and um, now I'm down here in London working as a a football analyst um, watching a lot of German second division football so kind of two very different uh, sides of the game but yeah absolutely love it and then yeah so it's always nice to to have other topics on the go so that's what we we tend to try and do on this show so our first topic that I want to talk about today is reality TV now Love Island series what are we on series four or five it's got to be series could be five could Could be be five five, might be four either way uh, just over two weeks away Love Island will be starting Uh, that's on Sunday June the 3rd Um, have you watched the the seasons of Love Island up to this point yeah uh, tend to be dragged into watching uh, some of the older seasons Um, and even going back to the other ones on catch up actually I must admit um because I think we got into it pretty late but yeah it's um it's quite intense that daily assault of it's Love a Island. huge like, commitment yeah to watch it is the absolutely show. um but you know it's uh it's usually quite fun yeah uh, did, did you watch before um before Love Island because Love, Love Island in the in the timeline and, and the kind of the history of reality tv Love Island's fairly you know um new. it's a latecomer right yeah it's a latecomer yeah. but it kind of I think it's taken the elements of everything else and it's said okay so that worked that was popular because of that that had you know cameras there and there and yeah it's sort of like it's sort of like a big brother meets x on the beach yes i think there was a couple of series of big brother where i did actually watch it like like every episode the whole the whole thing and um it's yeah it's it's just a commitment i think it's just a commitment but it's interesting how people consume telly i watch a lot of um gogglebox now i think i'd probably say gogglebox is my favorite thing on television because it gives me that that snapshot of television is meta yeah you get to see a little bit of what's on you get those sort of water cooler moments without having to commit so much time to every single show so that's that's pretty good yeah absolutely have you got like a go-to like each week that no matter if you don't watch anything else on tv you're quite likely to even go and catch up and watch a certain show a lot of ours is just real like easy watching like um first dates yeah made in chelsea stuff like that just to sort of wind down at the end of the day um but yeah love island probably will be uh you know sort of regular yeah it gets in there doesn't it it does so my one last point to add um about reality tv um and this is a show recommendation i'm guessing that you probably haven't seen this show but you may surprise me um you've heard of obviously geordie shaw you've heard of jersey shaw have you watched and have you heard of floribama shaw floribama shaw yeah floribama shaw i haven't heard of it no well you should uh you should watch it floribama shaw so there's this there's a a coastline between alabama and florida um and there's a couple of cities there it's set there and um 
it's kind of good it's like the country version of Geordie okay, Shaw yeah, basically yeah. but um, yeah I've been watching it on uh, it's on catch up on oh, okay. on a certain streaming service that's not Netflix or uh, Amazon it's Now TV I say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a plug for Now TV there other um, streaming sites are yeah <laughs> but it's, it's an MTV show so you can probably pick it up in, in a couple of other places but yeah Floribama Shaw um, might be a big thing in America but certainly not in I'd never heard of it I'd never heard of Floribama as a as a a term yeah, I've literally either. never heard of that. So. No. It's now time, uh, Tom, to get back to football as the name of our podcast suggests. Uh, you can also follow uh, the Instagram account of the podcast. That is at the BTF podcast. Um, there will be a poll on there um, that's coming up at the end of the show, the details for that, uh, and you'll be voting. Uh, and you may even get a name check if you vote in it because the sample size will be that small that it will be possible to do that um but yeah there's a there's a really good poll coming up at the end of the show with our with our second co-host filling in for john miller the back to football podcast is available now on spotify it's also available on itunes and all of your other podcast sources so do make sure that you follow the show uh, and you'll get notifications or at least it will come up in your list of other podcasts that you listen to that week uh, and it'll be very easy for you to stay in touch with the show so tom moving on to football it's last week was probably maybe one of the craziest weeks of football that we've seen um, in a, I think a, a couple of seasons at least um, we, we started out with the, the Manchester City game Vincent Company scoring from 30 odd yards when he'd never scored a goal outside the box in his life um, we had the Liverpool Barcelona game which um, tell us about that that was that must have been one of the, the craziest nights of the season for you yeah I mean it's obviously been quite a bittersweet week for Liverpool fans yes um, you know a lot of highs and lows but that night definitely like makes up for it all um, it's it's impossible to to even imagine that that you know that could have happened yeah did, did you have any going into the game were you thinking okay no I think the Leicester game actually made it worse because yeah the City Leicester game because it just realistically that was that you know a greater hope certainly than the than the Brighton game uh, and at the time we just really thought like okay you know if, you know Vardy and Leicester have got a great record against you know some of the top sides yeah. so maybe they can snatch something and I think the manner that they did that uh, you know going into work on Tuesday it was a real you know a real hard sell to sort of uh, try and get over that and then just thinking like right you know on to the game tonight Um but we did it and it's it was just just the manner of the win is just like just the performance is sort of in contrast to the Spurs game or even like some of our own comebacks in the past where it's sort of like flying by the seat of our pants it was like really sort of professional the way that we did it it was just like it came through and you know all over them really you know the Barca obviously did have a few chances and Alisson I think his performance actually sort of went understated a little bit just because of the number of good saves that he did make for us obviously the game in itself and getting to the final obviously is its own its own reward but I just think in future years it's just added to the mystique of Anfield even more you know the <laughs> European night of Anfield home advantage. how much of um, the success and I guess especially consecutive Champions League finals um, how much of that would you kind of attribute to Klopp alone oh, so much like the, the majority of it I think yeah. I think just the belief that Klopp you know he's it's sort of, sort of like a cult of personality. He's just the the spirit that he imbues into any squad is just absolutely incredible. Um, you know, they really buy into it, and just the team spirit. Just absolutely love what we've got going on at the club at the moment. Just that you know, everyone's buying in. There doesn't seem to be any like dissenting voices from any players, yeah. even the ones who don't get as much of a game. You've got Shakiri who's come in. You know, he's won a Champions League before, and he's just happy to you know be a sort of bit part player, come in when he can. He's just really happy, and then he gets his hug at the end of the game and then he's back to the bench and he probably knows already that he won't be starting in the final who did Jordan Shakiri win Champions League with Bayern ah oh, FC Bayern yeah I forget he was so he's on the bench for them did he play for Inter yeah, yeah. Inter wasn't he and then Stoke and then Liverpool yeah exactly absolutely crazy 
career arc there, but... Um, yeah, Bayern to Stoke. I don't know whether many people have made that journey, but... Uh, no, well, there was uh, Renato Sanchez going from uh, yeah. Bayern to Swansea, Swansea. Wasn't it? And, and back. Um, it's like a Tolkien novel uh, <laughs> from hell. <laughs> um, Into the valleys. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we had that game, uh, and then obviously on, on to the Wednesday night, and um, Spurs Ajax... Uh, out in Amsterdam at the the Cruyff Arena, it's called. Yeah, the Arena. Um, Spurs early doors went two nil down. It was pretty much over. Yeah, well, you messaged me saying like, right, that, that's, there we go. that's Ajax yeah. in the final. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, like I say, it's very different. Come back to the Liverpool game, just more front. You know, the way Liverpool one went almost seemed controlled by comparison, yeah. but Spurs just. Again, just incredible spirit, like never say die. You know, when you've only got half a game left to score three, not one game, yeah. that whole game, you know, and you're away so from a quarter home. of the whole time. Yeah, exactly. You're away from home as well. And I think, you know, uh, Anfield obviously played its part. So when you don't have that advantage. Yeah. Um, Although uh, an ele- there's an element of, of uh, there's a nomadic kind of, trait to Spurs these days I think playing away from White Hart Lane for as long as they did um, and obviously playing at Wem- Wembley's kind of no one's home even though Spurs played there for a season and a half I think it's they, a really good they point. were kind of homeless for that time I think when you're used to having like a muted atmosphere even even in front of your own fans yeah that's <laughs> yeah um, that's a backhanded way of, of, of summing it up though like it's definitely yeah definitely and the, I think um, an atmosphere lacking probably at Wembley I think probably there is something to be said as well for what, if you are playing away from home and you do get one back, you can like feed off the nervous energy in the ground, which is what they probably did. Um, now you you have to ask like who's going to start for them in the final. I mean, Harry Kane. Yeah, Harry Kane's probably coming back. Yeah. I mean, the really late final that's that's been scheduled this year is probably beneficial for both teams really with Firmino and Kane coming back. But I think probably from the Spurs fans that I've spoken to the heartbreaker might be for Lucas Moura they they think that maybe he, despite the trick he might be benched yeah blimey um, just because they do have a number Son. of good options they've got Son Eriksson they've obviously got Ali mm. um, you don't want to leave any of those out and then if you're adding Lucas Moura into the mix as well against Liverpool is that too attacking in a final that's that's what a few Spurs fans have said to me so yeah I guess it's a do you bench Son or do you bench Mora? <laughs> how much do you bench, bench <laughs> <laughs> do you even lift do you even bench <laughs> um, so yeah we had that game and then also setting up a, as you mentioned an, an epic final in Madrid um, at the the new Atletico Madrid the London Metropolitano yeah two years old that stadium now or one yeah I think two hmm. I think they probably have to let it yeah will they have will they have yeah, given pro- it the final without it no, being like tested probably not probably yeah. not um, so yeah on the Thursday Chelsea and Arsenal um, were both in semi-finals of the Europa League um, looking to make it the first time ever that the English teams are kind of blocked out those two Euro- Europa or European competitions um, they did it did you watch either of the games I saw a little bit of the Chelsea game yeah um, they kind of stumbled over the line they, they it wasn't too comfortable for Chelsea no the shootout obviously was just a complete lottery and it looked I think there was just I think uh, Eintracht were leading at one stage of the shootout so yeah it could have gone either way yeah Kepper made some kind of crazy uh, save with his legs uh, yeah I think it's just more the taker it's just like straight down the yeah middle, straight down the middle that meg or uh, five hole as they would say <laughs> in, uh, in, in ice hockey yeah, in the NHL um, so yeah it blocks out um, all four English teams uh, or all four of the spots in those European finals are English teams so then um, Sunday Super Sunday last day of the Premier League um, season game 38 uh, we're going into it what one Liverpool one point behind Manchester City City lining up against Brighton at the Amex down in Sussex and uh, Liverpool uh, home fixture to Wolverhampton Wanderers um, obviously need Brighton to get some sort of result what happens in that game 
Yeah, Brighton took the lead. Um, <laughs> Which, explain hope, explain your emotions. It's the hope that kills you. <laughs> Obviously, I had a lot of people updating me. So when Brighton took the lead, it was uh, it was a, a lovely fifty seconds of hope there until uh, until City got it back. Um, yeah, what was it? Eighty three seconds, I think, between the whoever scored who scored Glenn Murray. I yeah, think. Glenn Murray and, and then, then Sergio uh, Aguero. Aguero back in. Um, yeah, I mean. I think I think I made the mistake of talking myself into thinking that we might get something. Just thinking like, oh, Liverpool could actually be winning the league this time tomorrow. The highest combined points total for the top two. Crazy. Um, the fewest combined defeats for the top two, which was five. Which is yeah, insane. Like it is insane. And that's, and that's four for one City. of them. <laughs> one of them. The head-to-head between Liverpool and uh, City was Liverpool's only defeat. Of yeah. The year. Was, yeah. Um, so it just shows like don't draw games basically it like draws the new defeats yeah um Liverpool actually spent 141 days at the top of the Premier League, uh, 16 more than City over the course of the season. Oh, really? Um, I looked it up. The uh, uh, This is actually from the BBC. Um, the, the highest in the Premier League era that a team has spent on top of the league without winning it was, was it will probably never be beaten. It's uh, <laughs> Newcastle's 212 days. Is that the I would love it season? Yeah, it is. It's the 95-96 Kevin Keegan. Um, so that's... That's really heartbreaking to, for if you if you're yeah. just like on top for basically I'm, all the time except the time that counts. Yeah, I read a good stat about Newcastle this season. Um, it may have come up in in your stats, but uh, Salomon Rondon was involved in forty four percent of of Newcastle's goals this year, which is something like 11, 11 goals and seven assists. But it's like the most of any player of any Newcastle player I think since oh two oh three Alan Shearer, um, which is so impressive because no. <laughs> Like no one was going into the season thinking Rondon's a threat. Oh, he's there. He's a big he's their threat. Main man. Like, yeah. I struggle to understand the sort of anyone but Liverpool uh, thing that's been building over the last year. Um, it's usually the. It's usually like where biggest... where yeah where does that uh, like you say you struggle to understand it but where where does that stem from because it's not. I think we are a very emotionally charged club. And yeah. Sort of. Rightly or wrongly, I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Romanticise some of our history. You know, pe- people say, "Oh, Liverpool fans would be on that." This would be the. This was the sort of quote throughout the season. Like Liverpool fans would be unbearable if they won, if the, they league. won the league. And it's like <laughs> you basically don't just. We would just enjoy it. Yeah. And that's, like we'd enjoy it, and that's what people don't like. And it's just like, yeah, of course we would enjoy it. We've been waiting for for decades to win the league. Like, of course we would enjoy it. And I think it's just more. I think I think I think some of it comes into play. That's like City. Well, I've seen. I, it's, this isn't just my thoughts, but I think some. I've seen this sort of passed about as a reason for people sort of saying that they prefer City to win it is because like a they've won it before recently, so it doesn't really add anything to their sort of record. It's just another title win for them, and b it's sort of like for one of a better phrase like doesn't really count because of the <laughs> because of the money that they've spent and it's sort of like they're on a different playing field to everyone else so they don't like other fans don't really care if they win the league whereas like if Liverpool win the league they've sort of done yeah. it the right way and it's sort of like well they've actually I think it's the same I think it would be the same so in the United's kind of era of domination the, the Fergie era and all through kind of the late 90s and the, the 2010s it, it became a formality of Man United winning the league and it was almost like an expected thing kind of I mean probably not every year obviously Chelsea had their their strong years in there and Arsenal Um, but if United now go let's say United go the next 10 years and don't win anything the same quotes will come out the the same oh United fans will be unbearable if they win this it's it's probably something that comes with kind of hunger to win something and I'm not saying that you guys are unbearable having you know if you did win it Um, but I think that's probably something to do with it and then I think that um because Liverpool were or have been a dynasty of for so long and you were and there's that thing of you know if teams like there's a lot of young Man City fans nowadays and probably in 20 years time you'll have quite a large proportion of 
people spread across the country will support Man City whereas 10 years ago you wouldn't have got anyone sort of outside of um, Manchester the M60 yeah the M60 <laughs> yeah I thought that was what it was um, but yeah you wouldn't have had anyone outside of Manchester supporting City so Liverpool have quite a uh, sort of dispersed fan base as it is um, certainly a lot of people are br- uh, overseas as well that are big Liverpool fans so as a community they're huge but they're this kind of dormant giant for so long yeah I think from what I've seen that when that bubbles up it's going to er- it's going to yeah, be a big yeah, eruption people, isn't obviously it? people don't want us to see, to see us like go back to our former strength yeah just because it's another club to have to deal with I'm sure but I mean going back to what you said about the you know sort of the the new fans coming in in my experience like there's two clubs in England who are sort of immune to that phenomenon if you like and that's Liverpool and Man United yeah I think we're still one of the best supported clubs globally and obviously we had the Champions League win in 2005 but apart from that it's been like pretty slim pickings over the over the last 30 years yeah. you know with trophies dotted about and obviously we had the under Julio we had won a few trophies but it's really not affected our sort of standing in the global game and I think that would apply to Man United if they want if they yeah, went on a run on. like we have over the last 30 years of like you know a bit of a drought if you like mm. they'd still be one of the biggest clubs in the world I think I think yeah. that currently I don't think that would apply to City Chelsea no yeah well, if, they dro- if they really. dropped out of kind of football dominance they wouldn't they don't I think have to just the, go back to the way it was yeah, yeah. It's kind of a, a geo uh, geographical kind of thing, though, as well. Like the emergence of the Premier League and the the football brand as a whole. There's only so many people on the earth that can that can follow football. So, as I guess, as time goes on, there's so few fan like there's there's fewer fans to kind of sweep up into, uh, into exactly. your yeah, a good point, into actually, your yeah. group. Um, so I know obviously you've got new fans and that's where like young kids that, that first start supporting clubs kind of go for Barcelona because they got Messi or Juventus because they got Ronaldo or this and that. Um, but yeah, you'd think that United and Liverpool kind of hit that sweet spot of, of football becoming this global thing. Just well-timed. At, yeah, that's at a the really right point, time, actually. you know, they were the they were the top clubs around th- from pretty much what like mid 70s um, yeah Liverpool mid 70s yeah. up, to the, up to late 80s and then United, and then United have taken pretty the, much the next the, decade after yeah. that and beyond but yeah two uh, two big clubs so in the end we got, we got sidetracked there I guess a little bit on the on the <laughs> uh, the BTF podcast here on Spotify iTunes and all your favourite podcast sources um, but um, yeah sidetracked a little bit the end of the game uh, City go on to win four one Liverpool, uh, pr- you know, tidy up pretty well. Uh, two nil win. Yeah, I mean, Wolves, Wolves have had a great record against the top. top yeah, four, Wolves so are kind of like... top of the the best of the rest of this season yeah. in uh, in seventh place. Um, but yeah, it just kind of what it wasn't to be this year. And exactly. Yeah. I think we're set for probably a, another incredible Premier League season um, next year. I would imagine. Um, what's your feelings? Do you think it will still be a, a, a two-horse race, or you think there's? Um... I'd certainly be surprised if, like I mentioned before, Liverpool fall off as they have done after like every other title challenge that we've done. I think I'd be confident, you know. City are an absolute juggernaut now. Who knows if we'll get close to them again, or whether you know whether this might have been our best shot in a few years. If City go and do what they do again, it's hard. It's hard to go and you know match them stride for stride like we have last year. But the money's obviously helped. It doesn't guarantee like every signing is going to be a success, and um, so we'll see. But we'll we'll see where that goes. Um, I guess last question then on football um, has been quite a, a, a lengthy, but um, rightly so, uh, back to football segment this week. Um, FA Cup final this weekend, um, City or Watford? Yeah, it's tough to see. It's tough to see anyone beating City at the moment. Just yeah. the run that they've gone on. Um, Confidence is high. Yeah, I think Watford's only chance is maybe just like the the focus that City have had to put into winning the league. Winning the league, just every game. There's just no margin for error whatsoever. And maybe for them to get to the end of that run, a big sort of 
exhale, if you like, of like, right, that's over, and then sort of maybe take their eye off the ball. But I don't think Guardiola's the type to allow that. And I just think, like, the prize of doing the treble, which has never been done, you know, that particular treble has never been done before the, of all three domestic trophies. And I think, like, the added sort of prestige of winning that treble for the first time is, like, I think... Big deal. A really big deal, because I think, like, you hear the likes of Bayern, I think Inter won it a few years ago in their country, in, in Italy, and I think... Um, Barca are, Barca are on for it and obviously have done it in the in the recent past so I think like when you hear about other teams in other countries doing that and just absolutely dominating their own country yeah. it's just like definitely something that players want to you know add to their add so yeah to their add to the CV list. absolutely so we're now leading on to the second part of the show and we'll be joined by our second co-host for the week which is Mr. James Crange joining us all the way from Fort Worth in Texas howdy he's got the uh, horses in the back and he's ready and waiting howdy, um, James. to be on the show Tom you have um, a departing question uh, for James so if you're happy fire away yeah so James I mean, I'm a a big American sports fan, um, but I'd really like to get your sort of more expert take on uh, on last night's NBA draft lottery um, with the Pelicans having surprisingly picked up the number one slot and so presumably taking uh, once, you know, generational talent, Zion Williamson, um, with their first pick. Uh, firstly, how do you think that'll impact the rest of the draft? Um, maybe just the first few positions. Uh, who, who else do you think will go in the early spots? And then secondly, for the Pelicans themselves, how do you think that'll impact them going forward? Do you think it will change the future of Anthony Davis, who's their other generational talent? And um, where do you see him ending up by the time next season starts? All right, Tom, thank you uh, for that question that will be asked in the future, but actually listen to before this um so a little little trick of the editing tape there uh but no that's a that's a really good question i think um i've been thinking about this a lot because anthony davis obviously demanded a trade and he didn't know that they're going to get zion and and i don't know if he's he's burned too many bridges in new orleans but i'm sure they'd take him back pretty happily but it's just kind of weird because he didn't really play this season because they were going to trade him and they didn't want to get him hurt and if he ends up staying, it just it kind of creates an awkward situation. So I don't see how that works. But I also, if you're the Pelicans, you have to try to keep him because what's going to stop Zion four years from now from wanting to leave in this in the exact same kind of manner? So I'm thinking, I'm thinking they do everything they can to, to keep him at least the one more year. And if he leaves in free agency, he leaves in free agency. But I, man, I would love to see Anthony Davis and Zion. That would be that would be really fun. Hi, James. Uh, it's your friend Dan here. <laughs> Welcome to the Back to Football podcast. Uh, good question there from Tom. And um, I guess it's your turn now to, to take center stage as, as our co-host filling in for John Miller, uh, who's absent today. Um, I have a question leading on from that. Can Zion and Anthony Davis play on the same team positionally? Do they fit? Is it a good yeah i mean technically technically they play the same position but the nba is is turned into a positionless league so i don't i don't know if you ever see this in uh soccer i guess because i'm on your podcast i'll call it football uh but i don't know if you ever see this in football where guys kind of just play and just do their thing and that's kind of what the nba has become i mean anthony davis technically is a power forward center and last year he was bringing the ball up all the time like he was a point guard and and Zion kind of the same thing in college technically a power forward center a a little bit smaller than Anthony Davis but he brings the ball around like a point guard and and I think you're seeing um, guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo on on the Bucks. Um, Good good pronunciation I've never even attempted to say his name (laughs) (laughs) thank you I I, just call uh, it the Greek the Greek freak yeah (laughs) most people do but I like to show off that I know how to say his name But you, you see him, you see Ben Simmons. Those guys are 6'10", uh, Kevin Durant's seven foot, and, and they're basically playing as guards. So I Kevin think Dur- KD is seven foot. Seven feet tall. That's why he's the best player in the NBA. I mean, he's, he's unguardable. Best offensive scorer in the NBA. He's, he's unguardable because you have a guard on him who's a full foot smaller. <laughs> and the guy can just shoot right over him. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that Zion and Anthony Davis go really well. Now, if this was – 10 years ago, maybe you do trade Anthony Davis and, and try to get some guards to go around Zion. But I like it. Um, I, I think it's a good fit. Zion needs to learn how to shoot. That's that's the one thing. If if Zion doesn't learn how to shoot, he's, he's not going to be successful in the NBA. But 
I think I was talking to my dad about this last night and sorry if I'm just rambling on here, but uh, you know, you get me talking about basketball and, and I get all excited, but uh, I, was, I was saying last night, Zion, I think is either going to be a superstar or a bust. And I really don't think there's an in-between. I think he's going to be one of the greatest of our generation or he's just not going to be good at all. So look out for that. Does that come down to physicality or something else? I think mostly it comes down to just desire and how much he, he works on improving his shot. He's lived his whole life being able to physically dominate everyone that's his age. Now he's going to the NBA where guys are quicker, stronger. And can he adapt to that? And, and does he want to adapt to that? And from everything I've seen, I think he, he does want to and I think he can, but it's, it's definitely not a given. Okay. Well, Tom, I hope that answers your question um, quite roundly and uh, <laughs> <laughs> complexly. Uh, so moving on to the real reason that we've got you on the show today, it's for our spoiler alert item mm-hmm. on Game of Thrones, or as I'd like to call it for today, Jame of Thrones. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as I was when did you write that one down yesterday? <laughs> Yeah, it's at the the top of my notes for this item, James of Thrones um, with James Criange. So, James, um, big Game of Thrones fan? I am. Very big fan. Excited to actually read the books after after the show. Yeah, same, actually, same. I saw a really good interview um, from 1998 with George R.R. Martin. It was trending on uh, Reddit yesterday. Um, and he was talking about the whole series and that he was embarking on this, this writing this epic fantasy world. And um, his enthusiasm back then was crazy. You should definitely check the video out. We'll, uh, I don't know, try and put a link somewhere, maybe on our Instagram, which is at the BFT podcast. Nice. Um, nice getting one. a plug there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's an amazing series. Uh, I, I think there's mixed emotions about this final season. What's, what's the, the feedback been like in the States so far? It's, it's been very mixed. I think what I've found in, in this age of Twitter, and I really think even more now than it was in, in season seven, I think people really want to get their opinion out there and they really want to dislike the show. It's, it's kind of like the hot in the streets thing for people to just say how bad the writing is and how there's all these plot holes and all this stuff and how it was better before George R.R. Martin left the show. And I think people have just kind of picked up on that and, and run with it and they want to give their takes every episode. I am waiting to give my opinion until the very end of the season, but so far I can say I've really liked it. Um, I don't think the whole thing with Daenerys has been rushed. I, I know I've seen people saying that. I felt like that's been building up for a few seasons. Uh, but overall, I mean, it's been visually beautiful. It's it's just still, it's still a really enjoyable show to me. Do I wish they took maybe 10 episodes to tell the final season? Yeah, I do. But I think I think it's been good. I really do. And, and I'm excited to see how it wraps up. Now, it could wrap up really poorly. And we could get Samwell Tarly sitting on the, the throne. And then I'll, I'll say F this show. And I never want to <laughs> think about it again. But yeah, Gendry. Know, I, yeah, or Gendry. Um, but as of right now, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with how the season's going. I know you, you feel a little differently from listening to last week's episode, but overall I'm, I'm pretty pleased. Yeah. I, I must admit, I, I was one of the few people that enjoyed the episode this week. So are we on episode five? Five. I love the episode this week. Yeah. Loved it. Um, and just the, the emotional kind of, uh, you know, that was that emotional high of, hang on well so the spoilers are gonna come thick and fast from now so obviously if you haven't watched the episode please um just keep listening and and hear it through us instead of watching the actual show um but that moment where i, she I was, was laughing at that joke by the way but my mic was <laughs> yeah, i just I, want to point that out we got a, a video thing going on here so i can see you <laughs> i can see you laughing but no sound coming out um but yeah, when she obviously destroyed Euron's fleet and the um, bow and arrow, whatever you call them, cannon things on top of the wall, and there was this whole moment up to the surrender, and it was like, wow, this is everything that we've wanted to see kind of Khaleesi succeed or uh, Daenerys. I'm always bad with that as well. Is it, is it wrong to call her Khaleesi at this point? Because she's not... Was Khaleesi kind of a derogatory thing? or Still mother of dragons, I think. Or, or no, Khaleesi was uh, what? That was the with the Dothraki, that, right? That's a, yeah, that's like a term that meant that she was the wife of Cal. I, that's I right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how uh, politically correct Game of Thrones. Yeah, is. I um, yeah, whether it 
is a big thing or not. I don't know, but we'll try and call her Daenerys um, for for the sake of some listeners. Um, <laughs> but yeah, up to that point, obviously the surrender and then just that, oh no, what's happening now? What is she doing? You know, that sickening feeling basically of the tide has turned, but in the, in the wrong way. And I think she was forced into into that situation. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I don't get when people are saying they can't believe that how rushed it is and and all this stuff. I mean, when you think about the last few seasons, what's happened? She she or let's think about her arc right from from day one. She loses her husband who she loved and then she takes over all these cities and the people in all those cities love her, adore her, call her the mother of dragons, raise her up really high on this pedestal. And then she she crosses the sea. And really, if you think about her character, she should have just stayed in Marine or something and, and just ruled over there, been happy over there. Everyone loves her. She comes over. No one knows who she is. No one trusts her. They didn't like the Targaryens. The last Targaryen burned the entire city or tried to and tried to kill all his people. And so she comes over very skeptical. Um, people, She doesn't get the reception she expected. She doesn't get the respect she expected. She thought they were just going to kind of give over the throne to her. And then she loses Jorah and Missande. She loses two dragons and yep. almost half her army. I mean, it's not like it's not like she just snapped because she snapped. I mean, this has been something that's building. And I, I think I think Missande and, and Jorah, I think those were kind of the final breaking points. But I also think when she is sitting and, and looking at the Red Keep and she's thinking about Cersei, and thinking about King's Landing and how they should have turned on Cersei and they're still fighting against her. I think she was like, you know what, screw this. Like, I'm just yeah. taking out the city. And, and you're right, it was, it was really emotional. It was, it, was, it was a pretty intense scene to watch because you saw all this character development all kind of come to a head and, and you wanted it to go the one way where she would peacefully take over and instead she decided to, to do what her dad did. Yeah, do you think perhaps that she has like super uh, human vision and she could actually see the emotion on Cersei's face all the way over there in the red keep. Cause I feel like if there was a, a little bit more proximity there and she could actually see the fact that Cersei wasn't backing down at that point, then perhaps it's a more just reaction. Cause the bells were obviously called by the, by the soldiers rather than by Cersei. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know whether the, the show kind of felt that maybe we thought she could actually see Cersei at that point. Um, hey, I'm, I'm into that. Down. If if she yeah. can't be burned and she can see for hundreds of miles, not hundreds of miles, but <laughs> yeah. miles, hey, I'm into that. <laughs> yeah, but um, Cersei certainly wouldn't have backed down and would have done exactly the same. I mean, if Cersei had a dragon, this the whole show would have been done yeah, a couple seriously. seasons back. So um, yeah, we can't we can't be mad at uh, at Danny for that for too long. Um, let's get to the real deal then. Um, we're going to do a Game of Thrones draft, okay? Uh, snake draft. Um, and the rules for this will be that we'll each pick five individual characters um, from the entire show, dead or alive. Um, doesn't have to be, you know, characters that are, are heading into episode six um, of season eight. Then we'll also pick two animals from the show each, and we'll take one army and one city slash territory. So we can, we can be kind of loose with that depending on what your answer is. But, um, and then at the end we'll try and decide who, uh, has drafted the best, um, game of Thrones roster. Okay. Um, so yeah, I got, I got, I got some, I got some notes heading into this. I'm kind of, uh, excited, but those of you who, I mean, British audience are not going to be too familiar with the whole draft system anyway, because we don't really have that in anything. Um, but essentially a snake draft is, Whoever goes first um, picks one and then who goes second picks and then that person that goes second picks again and it goes back and forth, uh, slides back and forth like a serpent in the sands of dawn, uh, <laughs> which is uh, a good <laughs> nice. Game of Thrones reference. Um, yeah, about maybe, maybe a little foreshadowing. Yeah, the, the snake draft there. So, um, James, I'm going to give it to you. Would you like to go first or second in the draft? I want to go first because there's only one thing that I absolutely want on this entire list. So I'm going to go first so I can take it. So we're taking a character first, correct? So it's a character first, yeah. All right. I'm taking Arya Stark. Best character in the show. Been my favorite since day one. Um, I, I've loved her. I loved watching her journey. I love her as the assassin. I love her killing the Night King. So give me Arya Stark. I think I've just won the draft right there. 
Okay, so you've gone with Aya. So I'm up next, um, obviously, with an individual again. So I'm going to go for Daenerys. Nice. Um, Not even on my list. I have a roster 10 deep, <laughs> just in case you took mine. Not even on my list. list. Okay. Well, <laughs> I had I had a, a tactic here um, because the next pick is an animal, um, and I'm going to take Drogon, her dragon. And nice. I think we should, you know, stick it to the one dragon. Okay. Otherwise, we could just take two dragons and one dragon and some yeah. other animal. So, <laughs> um, so dragons are off the table now. So I've got Khaleesi and a dragon, uh, and then it's your turn to pick an animal. Okay, I am, uh, I guess, pretty hipster here because I didn't even have a dragon on my list. Uh, I'm going to take the the manticores. Uh, I don't know if you remember what? these. <laughs> these are the uh, those serpents. You remember in, I think it was season three, uh, the, the people tried to assassinate Daenerys with those serpents that came out and they had like the face of the the human on them. Okay. And, and uh, Jorah ends up killing it. And then in season four, I think, in, in the mountain and the viper, uh, the Viper puts the manticore uh, poison on his sword. Right. Uh, okay, so ends up killing the mountain. Okay. It had like six heads or something. Is that right? It. I don't remember. It's basically like a scorpion. Thing. It's like a scorpion. Okay. Manticore. So I, I th- thinking a little outside the box. Really trying to win this draft is, is what I'm all about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's your animal. You, you get to pick another individual now. Okay. Um, I'm going to go for Tyrion. Tyrion Lannister. Love Tyrion. Uh, another character I've, I've really liked since day one. And yeah, I feel, I feel good about Tyrion. You need, you need those smarts. Obviously, he hasn't been very smart the last few seasons, but he did do the Blackwater Bay. So give him props for that. Um, yeah, back to you. Okay, I'm going to pick the Night King uh, as my uh, second, fighter. second player. Wow, is, you know, he's got a lot of skills on his you know drogon's there killing everyone for true, me true the night king's going to be raising them up um obviously the not the alive night king but um yeah so all those all those women and children that khaleesi and drogon are, are, are killing um will soon join my my army when the night king raises them um he's great he's a great javelin thrower as well so it's yes, <laughs> always good you know <laughs> if it's an olympic year um and <laughs> next up uh, we will be picking another individual, uh, and it's my turn on this one. I'm going to take Bran. Kind of, kind of controversial to have Bran on the same team as the Night King, but you're going to take um, Bran. Yeah, oh. I'm taking Bran. I have no wants anymore. <laughs> yeah, this guy. Um, he can I'm see the future. Raven. He can see the future. He can see the past. Um, that's going to be valuable intel for my team going forward. That's I hate that pick. I think that's a bad pick, but it's your pick, so I'm I'm not going to jump on it too much. Uh, I'm going to go with the hero of last week's episode, the true hero, because he killed the last undead being on the planet, and I'm going to take the Hound. I love the Hound. Uh, he he had I think one of the cooler story arcs, and yeah. just the way that he went from being the scary person they're really having a heart there at the end and, and he ended up saving Arya in the end by telling her not not to follow him and uh, I'm sure Arya is going to come up big in, in the last episode and then next up we have a city right yeah that's right I'm going to take Dorne it's just awesome Dorne, Dorne really was the best looked really cool want to live there I don't know if I want that uh, dude that sat in the wheelchair to be my leader he was kind of like oh yeah he was kind of uh... <laughs> um but uh yeah i I like Dorne. okay um let's just do a quick little bit of housekeeping and recap on what we have so in round one i picked khaleesi you picked aya um and then the animals that we picked i picked drogon uh and you picked the weird scorpion thing the manticores manticores How you, uh, I'm just going to guess on the spelling with that. Uh, and then we picked uh, another round of individuals. You went for Tyrion. Tyrion Lannister. And I picked I uh, the Night King. Oh, the Night King. Yeah, the MVP <laughs> of the whole thing. Um, okay, so we're back on track. And I'm keeping. And then I, I also have the Hound, and you have Bran, and then I, and then, uh, I have Dorne. As well. What's Bran short for? Brandon. Brandon. Brandon Stark. 
Brandon Stark. I'm not Brandon Stark anymore. (laughs) Okay, so my city that I'm picking, kind of going down a similar route to you here on on somewhere that's just a nice place to be. I'm taking Bravos. Oh, nice. Um, Yeah, it's it's known as, I've got a few notes on it here. It's the the wealthiest and uh, most likely the uh, most powerful of the three cities. Um, it's built on a lagoon and it's made up of a hundred islands, kind of a little bit of a Venice vibe going on for Bravos. Mm-hmm. It's got that, that huge statue as well on the way in. It's kind of like statue yeah, of cool statue. steroids. Plus um, Jacques and Hagar is there. We, we all love Jacques and Hagar. Yeah, Jacques and, um, the grandfather of Peter Baelish was uh, born there, which is not a great thing, but nope. <laughs> um, it, it's a thing. Um, and by and large, Bravosi people are kind um, and they're great lovers of song. Um, and you'll probably like this. Um, people in Bravos tend to dress in charcoal gray and purple. Okay. Yeah. Go frogs as a TCU <laughs> alum. Um, that's something that I thought might, might kind of appeal to you. Uh, and the sword wielding, uh, Bravosi in contrast dress in flamboyant colors. So yeah, I'm taking Bravos. I think that's a nice right. place to be. And kind of book. out, out of a lot of the, uh, the melee at least of what's been going on in, in King's Landing. And I'm glad, I'm glad we didn't pick King's Landing and Winterfell. Yeah. I, I was between Dorn, Bravos, and then High Garden as well. Yeah. High Garden. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so our next pick, and I do believe it's my pick mm-hmm. is another animal. Um, and I think tactically you might see where I'm probably going to be going with this. I got to take, the uh, AirPods to Brand Stark's iPhone uh, and take the Raven yeah. or the Ravens um, because you know he needs that he needs that shit to go out and, and see what's going on. So um, <laughs> I got the, a Raven or Ravens. I don't know if they come in uh, come in pairs. I'll take one. That'll do. Yeah, no, that's was a great pick. I was I was going to pick the three eyed Raven. I was going to pick not Brand. I was going to pick uh, <laughs> the dude that just lives in a tree. And, oh yeah, uh, that was gonna be my animal. But since you took Raven, I'm I'm gonna do a quick pivot, and I'm gonna go for the bear in the episode, the the bear and the maiden or whatever that fought uh, Brienne. Nice. I just yeah. want I just want a, a big bear on my team. Thank it you. would have been yeah. I I was tempted by an elephant, <clears throat> but they obviously never showed up, did they, with the Golden mm-hmm. Company? So, um, I I chose not to. And I, how, yeah, how useless was the Golden Company, by the way? Yeah, really bad. Uh, those guys <laughs> a waste of money, really, for the, the Lannisters. <laughs> yeah, really not good. Um, that was a that was an amazing shot as well, though. When it when, was uh, Daenerys um, blew the wall out from mm-hmm. behind. Uh, incredible. And then um, when when the Golden Company and and the main guy is just trying to run away and they just get killed by the Dothraki, that was that was a pretty sweet shot. Yeah, the Dothraki. Um, yeah, well, let's, let's not mention too much about them because they may come up uh, soon. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that was your animal. Um, who is going to be your next individual on your team? I'm going to go for here. I'm going to go for, man, this is hard. This is hard. The first three were easy for me. The, the next two are going to be difficult to, to narrow it down. I think I'm going to go for Stannis Baratheon here. Stannis Baratheon. I, I love Stannis Baratheon uh, until obviously he kills his daughter. But up until that point, I, I really did enjoy Stannis. I, I liked his whole character. He's so good in battle. Um, of course, he he fell into it with the Red Lady, but I feel like I kind of get her as, as part of my pick as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I love Stannis. Uh, give me more Stannis. I wish Stannis was sitting on the throne. Okay, I, I respect your pick. Um, I'm not sure it's something I would have done, but yeah, I respect it. So this is, yeah, it gets kind of hard for me here as well because there's, I feel like I'm a, a, a fork in the road where I can, things can get a little bit crazy or things can go measured and down that kind of Tyrion route where you've got a bit of a tactical nous on your team. Um, I think I'm going to subvert that and I'm going to pick Ramsey Bolton. Ooh, okay. Um, the guy was just crazy. I think I need someone on my team, just like a Brad Marchand character, mm-hmm. um, a pest, just to get in there and uh, get people angry, basically. Yeah, I like that. I, yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, he he was probably the worst character on the show, 
just in terms of, of how terrible of a, a person he was. But, hey, I like it. I like it a lot. He didn't kill more people than, than Daenerys did, though, did he? No, he didn't. <laughs> um, you but, got a lot of murderers on your team. Yeah, she's on my team. So, you know, maybe a little bit of uh, a little bit of healthy rivalry is not, not a bad thing. Um, so that leads us on to our next pick, which is we get to pick an army each. Um, and this was a tough one for me because there's, there's been – there haven't been that many successful armies. There's no army mm-hmm. that's kind of got like a, a clean sheet like throughout the whole thing. Um, I'm just going to go for straight out ruthless – here and i'm gonna pick the dothraki nice yeah yeah that's a great pick that was my pick too yeah i mean they even headed out into the in the the long night episode or whatever it was called um and that you know into the darkness their torches went out and somehow there's still a ton of them around so um yeah dothraki are my army pick so i i'm gonna take here and i need a caveat on this pick <laughs> i'm i'm gonna take the army of the dead Oh, but nice. my, my caveat is when my Arya Stark, who's on my team, kills your Night King, my yeah. army doesn't die. They're they're, right. okay. they're just on their own because those guys, they don't tire. They just kill. They just keep coming back for more. It's it's such a hassle trying to find dragon glass to kill them, to burn them, all that stuff. Give them, I mean, they're, they're, I think they're... I think they're the best army. I mean, they only died because their leader died. And that, to me, doesn't mean they're a bad army. Yeah, because in, in that case, without those terms and conditions that you just laid down, I could just get... Um, you could just kill yourself. You kill know, myself and it takes out your entire army. Um, <laughs> so yeah, smart move, smart move. Um, and you get the pick of the last individual to complete your nine picks. Okay, so I'm kind of regretting my Stannis pick. I'm kind of regretting it. Okay. Yeah, I would be. As an old because pick. because I have two people I want left. Can I trade my Stannis pick? Um, possibly at the end. I think. All right, I'm going to trade out my Stannis pick at the end for right now because I need him on my team. I'm going to take Littlefinger, Peter Baelish, your guy. It's a good uh, shout. He he's he was <laughs> awesome. He only died because uh, someone who was like, I can see everything. I uh, figured out that, that he tried to kill Bran in the beginning. Otherwise, I think Littlefinger would probably be sitting on the throne right now. I actually think that in the book series, Littlefinger might win it all. Um, I, I just – he's the best. He's really the best. Yeah, he, he was a good character. Very, very slimy, but a uh, great guy to have on your team. Okay, so my last pick for my team um, – I'm stuck between – there's two people. Well, actually, there's, there's one person that, that neither of us has chosen um, who is probably the most obvious pick of the whole thing. He's, no, he's, he's, he's the worst. I don't he's the Zion of, of this whole draft. Um, <laughs> How about this? How about you take two people, and I'm going to add one more to my team. Okay, we'll do that then. Um, and should we keep the snake thing? Yeah? Sure, yeah. Do your last two picks, and, and then I'll thing. give my last one, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to take Jack and Hagar. Um, He taught the goat all she knows. um, And, you know, this guy can change faces. He's basically a a slightly worse version of Arya. So that's my pick um, for my ninth member. Uh, Arya Arya almost killed him twice, by the way, for the record. Almost, though. She asked him to kill himself, and he didn't do it. (laughs) And then she she killed the waif and put her face on and then took it off and could have killed him again. So just saying, I think Jacquin's great, but Arya's better. Okay. Uh, and, then my <laughs> la- <laughs> and then my last pick uh, in the snake draft is going to be – I'm going to throw a little bit more uh, fuel on the fire, um, get another nasty personality into my group um, with uh, Joffrey. Nice. Joffrey nice. Baratheon, although he's Joffrey yeah. Lannister, really. Uh, I just wouldn't want to hear Joffrey. Actually, he's uh, Joffrey Snow or whatever they call the bastards in uh, yeah. King's Landing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just wouldn't want to hear his whiny little voice all the time. Uh, just complaining about everything. It's, it's not for me. I'm going to take with my last pick here, and, and this is who I wanted to swap out for Stannis Baratheon, um, but I did not. By the way, I also want to throw in the caveat, or 
I'm doing too many caveats. I just want to throw it in that Jamie Lannister is probably my favorite character in the whole show. And I love Jamie Lannister, but I don't want him on my team uh, because he's only got one hand. So no offense to anyone <laughs> listening with only one hand. Um, but my last pick is going to Most be... Most of our listeners. Yeah, <laughs> the majority of our <laughs> listeners. So I apologize. But last pick on my team, someone who has a lot of fun, always around in the good moments, has a lot of sex, got to respect him for it. Uh, I'm going to take Podrick. Yeah, that, that guy's got, got something special, hasn't he? Uh-huh. For he's, the ladies. He's what we all strive to be. And <laughs> I... Um, I respect that, and and so I need him on my team um, <laughs> for morale. I'm, I'm glad he's on my bench. Basically, he, he was my sixth pick. He's on my bench. I love it. Yeah. I love him. That's <laughs> good. That's good. I think it's a good shout. Uh, so let's recap then. So Team James for Game of Thrones is <laughs> Arya, uh, Tyrion Lannister, the Hound, um, Stannis Baratheon, Littlefinger, and Podrick. Uh, and they are based in Dawn, uh, and they also have some little scorpion manticores <laughs> and a bear. <laughs> um, Dan's team for Game of Thrones is... Oh, and I have the Army of the Dead, by the way. And <laughs> you've got the Army of the Dead, yeah, that little caveat. Um, <laughs> so Dan's team is, or my team, uh, is Khaleesi uh, and Drogon, her, her dragon, uh, then I've got the Night King. I've got Bran. Um, I've got Ramsay Bolton and Jack and Hagar and Joffrey um, Snow, Baratheon, Lannister. Um, and I've got the Dothraki army and we're based in Bravos with also with the, the Ravens for Bran to do mm-hmm. his little spy games. Um, it's a hard one to call. Um, they're all great characters. I think there's there's a um a tribute to the show and and the writing of george r r martin that there there are so many uh characters that we've left out of this list mm-hmm. um particularly uh Brianna Tarth. um we haven't mentioned a certain other snow or are we calling him john targaryen now or he's called aegon aegon targaryen uh, yeah. I was I was trying to look what they're called in king's landing they're waters so he's tyrion or um joffrey waters Joffrey Waters, <laughs> like a bridge. If he uh, went by that name, there was no chance he was ever going to be king because that is the lamest name ever. <laughs> Joffrey Waters. Yeah, I think he, I think you want to be my captain. Actually, I'm gonna. Yeah. Are you, so let's. You can pick a captain, um, and they'll get like plus ten percent on their stats. Who's it going to be? All right, uh, captain on my team. From from my team, or is it a, a new character? Uh, like, is this my team. from my yeah, team? It has to be one of your ten picks. I'm going to take Littlefinger. I think. I think he. I think he could lead us pretty well. Um, well, actually, you talk about plus ten, plus ten <laughs> stats. He doesn't really have him and Tyrion don't really add much to the table. Neither does Podrick. Give me uh, the Hound. The Hound is the captain of my team. He's my fearless leader. Everyone's going to follow him into battle. I, I know he's, he's one of those leaders that keeps to himself. He leads by example. And uh, I, res- I respect that about the Hound. And I think the Army of the Dead will really follow him. And I think I'm not going to captain Joffrey Waters. Um, I think I've, my captain pick is going to be between the Night King or Khaleesi. Um, I think I'm going to captain the Night King. Okay, so you have Bran on your team. Why? <laughs> What, what does he bring to the table? Who's going to wheel him around? Intel. Intel. <laughs> <laughs> what we'll do is we'll strap him onto the dragon um, and he'll... Because also, if Khaleesi dies, Bran's going to be able to control the dragon for me because he can walk into it. True. I, I think you're, you're going to have like a uh, Michael Jordan, Steve Kerr moment where Steve Kerr punched Michael Jordan in the face. I think Night King, <laughs> Brand, Night King might punch Bran in the face at some point. It could happen. It could happen. When Bran's um, like, I'm something different now. <laughs> well, I'm going to get that quote um, as a sound clip for, for next week uh, <laughs> or for when you next uh, come back on the podcast. So that leads us on then to what, what I think what I'm going to do with this is because I think it's impossible for us to decide whose team is better since we just picked the teams. Mm-hmm. So what we'll do is we'll put this up as a poll 
on Instagram uh, at the BFT podcast. Uh, and we'll get as many people to vote on that as possible. And then next week on the show, we'll reveal whose team uh, was voted as the best. And, uh, and I just want, I do want to point out that if you pick Dan's team, just remember that you've got Bran and then you've got two of the most annoying characters on the show in Joffrey and Ramsey Bolton. And then you've got the Night King who got owned the first <laughs> time he stepped into battle. So just keep it in mind. Just keep it in mind. All right. Something, something to chew on. Something to chew on. Just, yeah. But Bravos, a hundred islands, a bit like Venice and they wear purple. So that's fine. You can go retreat there when my team kicks pros, your ass. Pros and cons, pros and cons. <laughs> Um, also, yeah, the Dothraki may be, I mean, who's worse to have around the Dothraki or the, the army of the dead? Well, Probably. the army of the dead's fine. Cause they kind of just chill out until it's like snapped and then they get up and they <laughs> start running. The Dothraki are just not showering and they're grunting and they're complaining and they're trying to like rape women, you know, not really great, not really great to have on your team. Army of the dead doesn't have those desires. So just saying. Just saying. Point taken, point taken. <laughs> um, so let's just have some uh, some takes then for what you think. You, you said you're kind of keeping your opinion to yourself until the end of the show, but um, how do you see episode six playing out this Sunday? All right, so I, I have a couple notes written down. Um, I would say that right now I have no idea what's going to happen. I think uh, I was right about Daenerys. I, I called it right from the beginning of season eight, I thought she was going to go crazy. Um, but other than that, I've been wrong about almost everything. But a couple quick things that I think will happen. I think Daenerys is going to try to burn John. I think she's going to cite him for treason or something and, and say Dracarys and, and burn John. And he's not going to be burned because he's, he's a Targaryen and then he's going to kill her. I think that would be cool. And then um, I think that the end of the show – it's kind of what I've been predicting for a couple of years, so I hope it comes true. I think they essentially dissolve the Iron Throne. I think basically no one wins. Tyrion rules the South. Sansa rules the North. Yara rules the Islands. And then Jon will go live with the Wildlings. I, that's, that's kind of how I see it all playing out. Daenerys is dead. A couple other people die. Um, and then finally, this is, I think, would be a cool way to end it. Um, Tyrion doesn't give Bronn Highgarden, and Bronn just kills Tyrion, and then the show cuts to black. Oh, that's pretty good. That's a new take. Yeah, not heard, not heard uh, anything as as well thought out as that this week. Because um, so my my thought in that is that they plan all this stuff out. Tyrion's going to rule the South. They have it all. It all looks like it's going to be in order and run well. And then Bronn just kills him. I think that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I yeah. I'm I'm pretty. I'm shook. I'm okay, sure. thank you. <laughs> well done. Uh, no, I think that Bran will walk into the dragon and kill Khaleesi mm. that way. Mm -hmm. um, and Bran probably die in the process, but that would be pretty cool. Yeah, he'll die because he'll just like use all his juice <laughs> up on it. And uh, please, please post that video. You're <laughs> going. And uh, yeah, he he he's going to be done, but he'll probably. I actually think John will also try and save Khaleesi in that moment. So Bran's controlling the dragon, remote control, um, about to Dracarys, uh, Khaleesi, and then John's like, no, Khaleesi, uh, jumps in there, dives to try and get her out of the way, but then they both just get burnt up. But you say they can't get burnt because they're Targaryen, so maybe that theory is not very well thought out. I, but I, I don't know if they can't get burnt or if it's like – they sometimes can't or maybe the dragon will just eat them. I like the theory though. I really do. Yeah. Um, but then that doesn't really, I don't really have much more beyond that as to <laughs> who will rule what I think possibly um, it's not actually my theory. It's someone else um, suggested this, but that there'll be someone kind of crazy left field um, that ends up on the throne. So I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw Gendry out there as, okay. as uh, I think Gendry will end up on the throne um, and and then it'll all just cut to black <laughs> which would be the worst ending to any TV show like, ever well besides The Sopranos I guess yeah I never saw that but yeah I've heard bad things <laughs> um, so yeah so we'll, we'll catch up um, 
next week um, about it and we'll have a little feature on the show that just kind of recaps maybe um, episode six of what I would still consider to be probably the most cinematically pleasing uh, TV series of, of my lifetime. For sure. Um, I, I really did enjoy Breaking Bad, um, but I think cinematically this is probably a, a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's definitely going to be the, the kind of the gold standard for, for TV series going forward. Um, and there's going to be some spinoffs as well with uh, mm-hmm. neither of us picked the, the dire wolf either. John's ghost. Ah, I'm over it. The dire wolf was so pointless. <laughs> every, every shot, it looked like a regular dog or it was like 50 feet tall it never was useful. I think it saved John one time. Um, I was I was over the dire wolf. <laughs> didn't, care, didn't care about ghosts. Didn't care about any of them. Yeah, uh, he's, he's up in the north now. Yeah, and I think that's where John goes back to. I'm, I'm holding steady on that. And meets back up with his dog. It all makes sense. It all makes uh, sense. So I didn't pet it goodbye. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you're could, right. Could, could I give a, a quick shout out to my podcast? Tell people Absolutely. While they're listening. Um, I have a podcast, Spurtability. It's called uh, S-P-U-R-T and then Ability. Uh, we do, it's, it's baseball. So it's a, a major league baseball podcast. I know probably a lot of listeners here are not into baseball, but we don't, you've listened. We don't really talk too much baseball. Good. Well, yeah. And also base, base MLB is coming to London this year. It is. Red Yankees Sox, Yankees. Playing the Red Sox, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I just go give it a listen. We we just kind of screw around and, and have fun. And I think the middle of our show is more unique than than any other show in, in terms of the segment we have. So uh, yeah, just want to give it a quick shout and tell you also to uh, vote for my team because I think I think I won. I think I won the draft. I think I feel confident saying that. Well, yeah, I'm not too sure. But yeah, make <laughs> sure you follow us on uh, at the BFT podcast to vote. Um, we certainly will be voting many times from all of our different podcast accounts uh, to inflate the numbers. So James, all that leaves now is for us to say goodbye for this week. Uh, Thanks for filling in um, as 50% of John Miller this week. Uh, John will be back next week on the BFT podcast. That's the Back to Football podcast. And it is available on Spotify, iTunes, and all your favorite podcasting apps. And by the way, James, it's the number one podcast uh, for people who probably should talk about something other than football slash soccer. Okay. Yeah. And also, I think you spent about three minutes actually talking about football last week. And, and the rest was basically Game of Thrones. And it's great. It's, it's an awesome podcast. I love it. Thank you for having me on. I, I appreciate it. And uh, it's, it's nice to get the old TCB podcast back together just for one segment here. Exactly. Exactly. Go back to, uh, back to our roots. <laughs> All right. Cheers, James. Thanks for coming on. And uh, guys, we'll speak to you next week. 